As the church united. As the church united. As the church united. As the church united. We exist to shine a light. Showing what the body of Christ. Showing what the body of Christ. Truly looks like. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Carlos Taylor, and I am excited to finally be back with you all today. We took a little break, but we are back. The Fantastic Four have assembled once again, and it is my honor to introduce these fantastic pastors today. (laughs) Craig Wendell of South Point Church. We have Doug Bell over here with Cross Point Olive Branch. We have Patrick Conrad over here from Compel Church, no longer Life Fellowship. And, of course, Greg Davis over here from Cornerstone. How you doing, fellas? Great. Great. Fantastic. Great. It's good to be here. I have to remember to say compel. Yes. I do, too. You do, too? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Have you had any slip-ups preaching? Um, not so. preaching, but in other venues. And then saying things like compel kids, that's harder than anything because it was life kids and mm. stuff like that. So When we were at lunch the other day, you said something about you went, life ki- compel yeah. church. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh it's a change. Nineteen years uh, as Life Fellowship, so it's, it's, it's a long different. time, man. Yeah. yeah, just go try try to change the name of one of your kids, and you get sort of the idea. <laughs> I call my kids different things yeah, sometimes. So yeah, I do every day. Yeah, every day. Especially when you have multiple kids, you're trying to yell at the one, and then you name all of them before you get there. I'm almost at that point. I haven't gotten there yet. But you know, I had three siblings, so yeah, we got called every name before it hit mine. So. Uh, well, it's been almost a full calendar year, guys, since we've been together. Um, man, what have you guys been up to? Y'all, y'all doing okay, though? Everything good? Yeah. Besides well, name changes and, mm. and everything we, else? We would have been here sooner, except that Patrick was hiding in a closet. He's been very scared of the COVID oh, okay. thing. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's been yeah. very apprehensive. In my basement, about, <laughs> just, actually, specifically. Basement. Yeah. yeah. With, like, multiple masks on. and yeah, So that's just funny. been, you know, where I, we've been. I don't know if you can hear me now. I do want to form we are videoing this. So oh, yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Forgot. Sorry. Um, I can't go any further without sh- giving a shout-out to Katie over here, making us all sound good. Woo-hoo. How you doing, Katie? Katie. Hey, everybody. So over this past year, uh, we've gone through what seems like everything, uh, elections, riots, a global pandemic, uh, which is how this all really got started, right? Uh, the church doors closing, reopening, snowstorms, gas shortages, uh, which really didn't affect us, but nobody read the memo on that one, by the way. <laughs> um, for some of us, fires and floods. Yes, mm. fires and floods. And Sorry. so much more. Um, what would you say, guys, has been like your biggest struggle this past year, dealing with everything that's been thrown at us uh, on the church side, not only the church side, but personally as pastors, because I think people forget that you all have real lives, you all have families to take care of outside of the four walls that we all call churches that we all love to attend. Um, whoever wants to go first, you know, what has been something you guys have been dealing with? Attitudes. Attitudes. You say the biggest thing. So yeah. I think overall, for me, the year has been encapsulated in the word attitude. People have attitudes on both ends of the spectrum, no matter what the topic is, right? I mean, it's take your pick. They got an attitude and an opinion about Something. Actually, they have an opinion, and their opinions have attitudes. I guess that'd be a better way to say it. And so they have opinionitudes. Oh God, they do, don't they? <laughs> I know none the of word. you guys have any problems like that, but it's just 
it seems like every time you turn around, somebody's got a new opinion and a new attitude about something else, and they want your opinion. And it's just like, shut up and just move on. You Would know? you say that's because you're supposed to be that voice of hope or like you're supposed to be the one that has the right answer all the time. Is that, would you say that that's fair or? I I don't even think it's been that for me. It's been not people looking for the right answer It's people just being very loud with their opinion and wanting me to agree with their opinion. And of course the minute in this position, the minute you agree with someone's opinion, now I've chosen sides because now you've isolated whoever disagrees with that opinion. And so it's just, you know, you live in the middle, you live in the tension. Of that middle. Well, that the segue from what you're talking about with attitudes to me, that and of course the the spotlight of of exactly what you were saying is is polarization. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've you know it's almost like there's no middle of anything. Uh, there, there's no middle of anything. It's all way in one end of the spectrum or the other end of the, end of the spectrum, and it's it's almost like we've we've come to an era where you can't disagree with someone. It's like if you disagree with me, you hate me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's right. like uh, you know, and you you don't deserve to breathe oxygen if you disagree <laughs> with me. And I'm like, are you serious right now? And so, but trying to trying to lead a diverse congregation, you know, uh, you know, and there we have different levels of diversity and whatnot. But but obviously, and I'm not talking about racially. I'm talking about uh, you know just opinion wise as far as uh, social things, economic things, uh, political, right. you know, all these kind of things. And so. You know, trying to it's it's really you you said what's what's the last year been like? Mm, swimming with alligators. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> swimming with alligators. That's uh, you know that's kind of how, how it feels because you know that anything you say, you know, yeah. uh, is basically half the people are going to love it and half the people are going to hate it, mm-hmm. uh, and it really doesn't matter what it is. That's yeah. what's going to happen. So, well, I was going to say on both of those, uh, that is a common frustra- frustration that I feel. And maybe it's personal and pastoral in that there's so much information out there that everybody's gathering, but they're gathering it in their little cul-de-sacs of uh, of influence and information. And so then they bring it, and there's all that tension. But for us, our job is to wade through all the information and to receive revelation from God. And what's frustrating to me is that I feel like my job has been to bring revelation from the information, but no one's listening. Mm. And and they're not listening because they have no revelation themselves. Mm-hmm. Revelation is not like inf- information can fall on anybody's ears, and it, it will go to the depth that they are open to it. And revelation is something you've got to be spiritually attuned for and looking for. And I've noticed that people don't want revelation. They, they want information. Information is more comforting to them, though it is suffocating them, though it is polarizing them. They would rather have that than revelation, which could bring clarity, which could bring an anchor of hope in the midst of all this. But it's just discouraging, if nothing else, maybe not struggling, discouraging for me to see how few people want revelation. And they will again bicker and argue and dive into all the information and and that is sort of our job i think is to bring revelation from it all and when you feel like it, it it's it there's nobody and i say nobody obviously i'm generalizing but uh it's it's amazing how many people don't want that and um uh, that can be discouraging and that can be a struggle to me 
uh, because this is this, I, this is what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing and right. helping people mm-hmm. find is revelation. Yeah. Yeah. I think some people even mistake information for revelation. Mm-hmm. Like they're 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 so enamored with all the information that's out there, mm-hmm. right? And then they think, oh, pastor, I you know, I read this or I heard this. Like it's some brand new new thing. Like it's a revelation. It's just like, bro, no, that's just from your your little echo chamber of the same people you've been listening to forever. Right. Well, you, well, you mentioned um, gas shortages. You mentioned you know COVID. You mentioned all these things that we've been dealing with. It seems like the things that were not once possible are now possible. Uh-huh. I yep. think one of the um, things that I'm dealing with is the alien issue, man. I'm, I know you guys have been watching this. Oh, yeah. I it's mean, it's big. on Fox and CNN. Yep. Our military is now uh, recording objects in the sky. Mm. What what's next? You know, is King Kong gonna swing off a building <laughs> in downtown Memphis, or is? Uh, well, that was last know, week. Godzilla, <laughs> Godzilla broke the bridge going across to Arkansas. Oh, I forgot about the bridge. Uh, that's right. But but too, yeah. another alien issue is trying to bring a kingdom perspective in the worldly culture we live in. So while I joke about the alien situation in the sky though it may be very serious to some of you who are watching. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and Crosspoint Church loves people who believe in aliens and weird people. Uh, but um, And send all your emails and complaints to I don't care right? at yahoo.com. Or org. But we're trying to bring a kingdom perspective and give people confidence in the midst of chaos. We're trying to... Uh, build courage in the midst of these fears they have, and then we get frustrated because they can't respond to, uh, you know, wisdom. They like you say they can't respond to knowledge. They can't respond. They want information because that's all they can physically or spiritually process. Process, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And so the frustration is also an opportunity, and I know that's what we've all experienced here: is this frustration that births opportunity, mm-hmm. it's opportunity to uh, not encourage their fears, but embrace the reality of their fears mm-hmm. and say, uh, I, kn- I know that you're fearful, but, and then it's not our responsibility to father them. I tell my church all the time, you can sin all you want, you can do whatever you want to do. I'm not going to take you to the woodshed. I'm not your daddy. I'm just going to show you a better way. And rather than talking about it, I think the opportunity we have here is to live it, show them. Here's how we respond to aliens. Mm. Here's how we respond to alligators. Here's how we respond, you know, mm. to people flooding our church and trying to burn our women's bathroom down. Good Lord. Yes. yes. I mean, 2020 and 2021 is just part A and part B. You know, there's yeah. a part C. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. The Lord <laughs> but two negatives ways. hopefully will equal positive. A positive that's... We're hoping like C will be a positive. Think. Something's coming, right? Something, oh, no doubt. positive's coming, hopefully. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, with with information, is all at our fingertips now. We have a computer in our hands at all times. Yeah, and I think, like you said, Patrick, like people live in their own little bubble, and they listen to the voices that are around themselves and their close friends. And so, once that person other believes and convince the other, I mean, it's for them. That's it. Like, yeah. oh, go get gas right now. You better go get gas because we ain't gonna have none tomorrow. Toilet paper. <laughs> toilet paper. That was last year. Toilet mm-hmm. paper. Now you know gas shortages. Um, well, on the flip side of that, you know, that's what kind of gotten kind of the, the low part of it out. The flip side, what is... Because we got that depressing <laughs> got low part out. We got to start down here at the bottom. 
what would you say have been your biggest victories? What what has been something major or positive that's come out of this past year? Uh, having to deal with all these things, uh, what improvements have you been able to make, not only personally but in your churches? I mean, what has helped you move further along to further the kingdom, like like you're saying over there, Doug? One is is getting right getting closer you. with these yeah. guys. Seriously, having our churches, um, you know, have a hashtag is one thing. Hashtag Church United mm-hmm. or the Church United to be more specific, right. so you don't get the wrong hashtag <laughs> uh, for you hashtaggers out there. But the encouragement of learning from these guys for me, and being around them and forming a relationship and a fellowship together. I think it's not just for our benefit. I think hey, it's life fellowship. For, if you were, if you were, life you fellowship. <laughs> I want to tell you something about life fellowship real quick. Oh my! I'm trying to convince Patrick, and this may be another benefit for <laughs> my church personally, uh, just to go ahead and give up the Davidson Road location <laughs> and leave the name on there, and I'll just change my name to Life Fellowship, and I'll take picky. all. You're I'm not, not picky. picky. I'll take their stationery, all the old t-shirts, cards, all the old t-shirts, and Life oh, Kids man. t-shirts, man. <laughs> We got a ton of teachers. But we're partners <laughs> now. We get to laugh and have yeah. fun together, and it's not just, you know, and I think other pastors can see that, and they want in on it, and I want them in on it. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, to me, for sure. Uh, obviously, I think, I know I was way more in a silo uh, before all this happened, and, you know, I think a lot of times uh, bad things lead to good things, and, and I've definitely, you know, gained a lot of strength and basically just been able to, you know, hang out with you guys and, and, you know, and know that you understand exactly what, I mean, you understand what this is mm-hmm. when, when you're leading, you know, when you're leading a, a church and For when sure. you're all of those kind of things. So th- that's been a huge positive uh, to me. I feel uh, healthier actually in a lot of ways <laughs> because of it. Uh, but, I, but the other part of that is, is that I think that I know that every time, every time something happens, like when you posted the thing from lunch the other day or whatever, there was tons of people from all of our churches, right. you know, that responded positively to that, to that, because, People love to see that they do. You know that uh, that we're collaborating and and uh, that we are you know uh, just celebrating each other's wins yeah. and not mm-hmm. in competition mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But the other the thing that leads me to as far as the actual church world and what we're doing you know separately and together is that uh, you know we can rally around things. We rally around the big stuff. That's I think that's what's going on yes. with the polarization. Everybody's letting the little things. You know the little, the Strike. little, the little issues divide. Mm-hmm. You know, and we should be rallying around the big issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and that's God's kingdom, and that's yeah. why we're here. And so, we, if we rally and focus on the big issues, then the little issues, you know, just can lose some steam, and the polarization gets over with. Jesus said that the, you know, they'll know you are my disciples by your love for one another. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I think that demonstration of of unity and actually caring. You know about one another. One another is something that the world's looking for. Yeah, it's it's different than anything even, else even, they see. Even last week when we had our fire slash flood slash whatever, um, I'm standing in the parking lot with firemen, South Haven PD. I mean, all these investigators, all this stuff. And Doug, this Yahoo pulls up, and it's just like, man, I saw what happened on on social media. I'm here. And that was awesome. I mean, even the staff that was standing out there, they were after you left, they were they were all just like, That is so cool that he came, you know, and prayed with us and just 
cared. You yeah, know what I mean, just cared. I think he was looking for a free building. But, I'm just you know, being nosy, <laughs> actually, but I appreciate all of that. Let's wow, over here. I just wanted to see the fire. Is if it's ruined that bad, Craig? Yeah. Can you? Can I, I was have sitting it? in my <laughs> office literally, and I tried to think of a thousand different ways to keep working. And I thought, Mm-mm, I've got to touch him. That that you know, it sounds weird. I, I want I wanted to touch you. I wanted to pray for you. Yeah. And um, I just knew how I would feel if that had happened to me. Yeah. yeah. It was it was just cool. That relationship thing is awesome. I, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, I didn't even know about it till until I, I saw it on our text thread right. when you put yeah. it on there. And yeah. so that was like because I'm not on social media very much, and so I didn't see it until until yeah. it was on the thread. So immediately we're praying. It's like, oh my yes. goodness. Pastor Craig, uh, do you want to let everybody in? Those who don't know out there listening, are like, why are you talking about fires and floods? And we don't even know what you're talking about for those Patrick who set might be South Point Church on fire. Patrick did set it on fire. I was looking for a north location. Wanted something right on the border, and this right. was the closest place. Yeah. Well, I've been telling people we're, we're uh, Capelstone Point Church. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a Flintstone and, uh, church. We all knew that if uh, if this whole thing goes down, we're just going to be one church right. in multiple right. locations right. called <laughs> Compelstone Point. Point. Something like that. Fellowship. So last week, depending on when you're watching this or listening to this podcast, yeah. last right. week um, somebody broke into our church and disabled and disconnected the main fire panel. And I think he was thinking that disabled everything, but that only disabled the alarm system going to the fire department and the police department. Um, and then he went into the lobby and lit a fire. He brought his own accelerant, which was, you know, great. Um, and lit a fire, and then the sprinklers went off. The sprinklers put out the fire very quickly, um, and he ran out of the church. But the sprinklers kept running for, which is where the real damage came from, the sprinklers ran for over four hours. Oh, good night. And it was the fire department estimated it was w- well over 12,000 gallons mm. of water that flooded the church. And so the fire was minimal, minimal. I mean, like genuinely minimal because the sprinklers turned on. Yeah. And if the sprinklers would have been signaled properly like it would have, it really wouldn't be that bad. However, and the fire department's literally like right in our front yard yeah. over here. I mean, they're so close. <laughs> they could have run over. They, they could have dragged over, a hose yeah. from there. Um, so the damage is pretty extensive. It's pretty extensive. But, yep. hey, man, that's why you have insurance. And mm-hmm. it's – I've also found in this – this is another good thing. I know it's not the whole year, but um, especially after the pandemic, which was is such – depending on what state you're in. We're done with it in Mississippi, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Anyway. Absolutely. Um, the pandemic was such a long-term crisis. People having this thing with our church, the, the fire and the flood, it's a it's a spark. It's a crisis moment, and people are gathering around that crisis. Um, so even like this last Sunday, just the vibe in the oh, well, yeah. the tent, not the, yeah. not the room, in the tent, was palpable. It was yeah. awesome, oh, yeah. and I mean, you just felt the presence of God. And I think it was just this whole new commitment of, no, this is my church. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm invested. I'm here, right. and you could just feel it. And yeah, so I was sitting right was, behind you. And it felt like there was. An arena of people behind us. I mean, it's, I don't know, maybe it was just the, the aesthetics of the tent, or I don't know what it was, but like an old revival band, that sucker. It was so loud, and you could hear people singing, hear people, you know, clapping and, and amen and everything. It was so good. And man, awesome. I, yeah, it was just good. Well, that was our point. prayer. We prayed for, I mean, we've been praying for South Point this week with staff and board and oh, just people you. that knew. And just basically, our prayer was that Sunday that, Lord, I pray that, that what the enemy meant. 
for harm, that God, you'll turn this thing around yeah. and they'll rally and uh, and it'll be like, at some point, you'll be like, well, that was actually you. <clears throat> I knew so God didn't good. like that carpet. Yeah. God awesome, didn't man. like that carpet, man. <laughs> I know it was free. I know it was free and everything, but I I I just thought God did you a favor, man. You're fixing the. You're getting for people who have Tourette's and stuff. That carpet. It's a trigger. It really is a trigger. It's a trigger. Yeah. Some trigger seizures with the flashing lights. South Point is the carpet. It's definitely the carpet. Welcome to South Point. But you've got to keep partial pieces of it somehow. We did save a piece. Yeah. Yeah. We saved a piece. Yeah. For those of y'all who don't attend South Point Church, this carpet was a little loud. A, a little. It <laughs> came straight from the casinos, didn't it? Yeah. Is that and what it came yeah. with batteries? I mean, you with batteries. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was bright. Oh my bright. goodness! Oh my goodness! It glows in the dark. <laughs> Every time I come in there, I had this urge to pull quarters out. I just wanted to. <laughs> I, just, I, was, I was coming in like, come on, big lord, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> so, what's worship. one of your good things from this year? Uh, well, I think you hit on it. Uh, for all of us, probably felt a little bit of a uh, an uptick in commitment and earnest worship and hunger, um, even though we had a, a sort of a down tick in attendance. It's like uh, the people. It, it sort of galvanized, I think, uh, Christ followers. Uh, and and our church has has seen a lot of momentum that is the right kind of momentum. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you experience momentum, and sometimes you don't take the time to really look at is it healthy momentum or is it just momentum? And because uh, momentum is so celebrated as a pastor, you just feels don't good. take time to question it. Oh yeah, the mojo, baby. Yeah, but this momentum feels different. It feels uh, like it has a depth to it. It has a sustainability. It. It is giving me courage for whatever C is or 2022 right. or whatever the next thing mm-hmm. is because it lets me know there's an army of people who are who are are really hungry for God and um, and so that that's been a really good thing positive thing this year I think uh, one of the things too it's done for the church worldwide worldwide is that it has allowed <laughs> for the church to uh, bring change. Because, you know, when change happens to you in a way that you can't do anything about it. So I don't care if you don't like COVID, if you don't like change, if you don't like any kind of change. It doesn't matter. You changed this yep, year. Sure. And it was imposed upon you. When something like that opens up in your soul, I think it it creates opportunities mm. for wise leaders to exercise even bigger change and move change along. Because change needs to become a part of who we are as the church I think this has been a, a an incredible opportunity for God to move them into relevance as a whole, Big C Church, into relevance for the future, if nothing else. And right. it's hard to see that in the moment, um, but I know that uh, you know just looking at the nature of change and it in the culture of the church, they're not they're not you know cohesive they don't go together all the time so this has imposed that so that's been a positive i think as a whole Mm -hmm. for us specifically we changed our name so that's a huge change and we had planned to do it a year before so this was something where i didn't you know i planned a year before covid to do it and then all of a sudden covid hit we had some other delays uh covid hit and i thought well and then about middle of COVID, it's like, oh, this is the perfect time. Thank you, God. If you're going to yes. change something, change now. Yes. Thank yeah. you. And so, uh, anyway, so so I think those are some positives. Yeah. yeah. 
I also think for one thing I've seen, I know all of our church attendance butts and seats has, is less than it was pre-COVID. Um, have you guys seen, I think I've seen where it's almost like the people that are not coming back are, it's, well, I'm saying this on a podcast. Um, choose this words carefully. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm slowing down. Yeah. Um, just let me choose my <laughs> words carefully. Take your thoughts, Cap. Go ahead. Um, the, those that really bought into the consumerism, Christianity, the ones that are coming back are, they're here. You know, like you were saying, they're galvanized. They are, this is my church. I am, I'm not just sitting in a seat. I want to serve. I want to be a part. I want to, I want to grow in the Lord instead of those, because those that are just kind of whatever, um, they've got other things to do, right? And so they watch the service on demand now and then, maybe, if they think of it. Um, it's just different. I, I've noticed a higher level of buy-in on those that are coming. Right. Have you guys seen that as well? Yeah, or? I'm sensing that entirely. It's uh, kind of building on the framework that you and Patrick just put out there. Uh, the capital the, the in the world. Worldwide. 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 Exactly. worldwide. Uh, we've been given permission to break the rules. Now, I was a rule breaker before I had permission, and I'd get in trouble for it. But now, breaking the rules of church, breaking the rules of how you do church, is celebrated. So during COVID, you know, we could break the rules. We could make the rules. Nobody knew the rules. Nobody had made the rules like in these situations. Uh, so for us, what I noticed, and when we sat down one of the first times we talked about uh, the uh, glowing issue in all of our churches was... We wanted a better depth of discipleship. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we were concerned, all of us said we were concerned that our discipleship wasn't as deep as it could be. It wasn't as, you know, as good as it could be. Mm -hmm. I, out of this, and, and what I saw was we were training people at Crosspoint um, to be a dream team that served Crosspoint. Uh, so our growth track and everything was geared towards the Sunday morning experience, serve Crosspoint. Serve now. We'll do serve projects, but during the COVID situation, we didn't just have a dream team that was serving Crosspoint. We had to figure out a way to give everybody a reason, everybody a purpose to go serve community, mm -hmm. which taught us coming in is important. And you guys teach me that every time we sit down because I wanted to close the building forever <laughs> at one point during COVID and never reopen. But coming in is vital. It is important. We don't need one or the other. We need both, and we need both quality. So as we gave these opportunities for people to go serve, we found gifts and talents and callings on people's lives that we didn't know existed because we were trying to get them to serve the Crosspoint Sunday morning experience, and now we're reaching so many more. We decided, you know, we enjoyed the building being closed. We're closing first Sunday every month. I can't tell you how excited that made me when I saw Easter was first Sunday. We had the biggest Easter ever, and it wasn't just me and a dream team. It was me and our whole church <laughs> turned out and did something that made a significant difference. So, yeah, I, th I think that the opportunity outweighs the uh, obstacle in everything we've just been through. And I see that in all of your churches, so much so that our growth track, we changed the name because we wanted to get our team back together. I thought, let's just change the name Pretend like it's something new. It, at Crosspoint, it is new. And it would bring people back. Now he's lying. 108 <laughs> people came through that. And I was just like, that's, that's cool. 65 yeah. new Dream Team members. And then the others came to reestablish mm -hmm. their commitment, yeah. not to Crosspoint, to the church. Yeah. And, and, and we, we led this in, in a big way 
but we didn't keep carrying the ball ourselves. I was putting together a montage of pictures through the COVID and the Church United and all our stuff we did together. And every one of them had our worship leaders in them and our families in them. And so many of Brandy and Katie and Michael Dees and my boy, I was just so proud that our whole church just feels like we're sisters, brothers, cousins, mm-hmm. whatever. We, we are one church yeah. in multiple locations. We really are. Because a lot of our people know each other. They do. You know. We're pastoring. We may not like this. We're pastoring like the same other. people. I was going to say, they like each other because they've been to all of our churches. <laughs> we won't talk about the trades that are going down later. That's just when the have coaches you, have are Have you guys talking. seen a lot of new families? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tremendous. So, yes. Yeah. And you wonder because they don't seem, to your point, they're, they not all the ones we're seeing now seem unchurched. Right? Right. So moves, transitions, things like that, which is... Uh, unique, you have to sort of uh, play that out. Right. Um, but I've I've seen that, and then I am seeing some people who are like Easter was their first week back, Mother's Day was the first mm-hmm. week back. Mm-hmm. You know, even last week, there you know certain certain groups, and and they have been faithful. We had a number of people that we were tracking that were watching the full service every single Correct. week, like a certain number, and and they're they're coming back now. That was. Probably twenty percent of or twenty five percent of the total of those big Facebook numbers you get. Yeah, correct. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't a ton, but they're they're starting to come back. Some of them for a variety of reasons. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're going to be a new church. To your point, uh, we we are always telling our church, you know, that we have more outreach on the weekend than we generally do through all of the outreaches we do all year long because of all the guests and the unchurched and dechurched. That, that may be shifting a little bit yeah. now to your point where we're more into discipleship and going out. And uh, the biggest thing that happened for us this past year, I really didn't mention, but because it seems like it's been going on a long time. And it started <laughs> before, but it really got life was was the Dream Center during COVID. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that really yes. got life for us during I know other outreaches, everybody's mm-hmm. outreaches probably kicked to That's a whole Lee, other Lee gear. Smith, right? Lee and Audrey. Lee and Audrey there? Smith. Yeah. Great, phenomenal team. Love yeah. So, but that that really took off during the uh, during COVID because, you know, serving right. became everybody's emphasis. Well, as know? we said at your bowling alley down there in the conference room, mm-hmm. we talked about what would be something that we could physically do for people. Yeah. And food came to the table. Right. right. And Beth Gardner and your team. Uh, was tremendous in starting that and leading that effort to provide food before there was a USDA food program or before the country even knew there was a need for a USDA food program. Mm -hmm. Our churches were doing that. Mm -hmm. And that developed into the USDA every weekend, several schools, thousands of people for months, Mm -hmm. I guess over a year maybe now. Mm -hmm. Close to a year, almost a year, receiving boxes. May may the... Well, they had their last one. They, they just had, yeah. they just I, I had their know last what day it is. They just How does he know that. more about what's going on Listen, in your ministry? We are Church United. We, we are Church United. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Destiny Center and Dream Center are, are, are twin brothers. Uh, Destiny okay. is twin brothers. But So we're, we're doing all those things together, and there's, there's more to come. It launched a Go Grocery uh, at our location where people can drive by 24 hours a day, seven days a week, come in, 
get a full list of groceries out of there. There's shopping bags. There's everything. They just get their groceries and go 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They don't have to talk to anybody. There's no lack of dignity there. People come in the daylight. People come all through the night with their little kids so excited about grabbing you know, juice boxes off a shelf. Mm-hmm. They call their parents from these places. And how do I know all this? Because there's a security camera in there. And so I get to... Which is in. important. It is important. Just talking from, from somebody. From experience. Yeah, from experience. Hey, that dude's in jail, right? <laughs> yeah, he is Okay, in jail. well, he's not going to burn down my go grocery. <laughs> but all those I things spark. Like, there's Tony more coming. Palamo- What's his name? Pal- Palamalu. Palomalu. Oh, the football. I think he's his brother. The guy that did this? <laughs> I think they're related. We're not the releasing pictures, right? unbelievably similar. But anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> he moved pretty good in the fire, too, on the video. So yeah, the security be, videos yeah. are pretty fun to watch. He was, yeah, an interesting fella. Yeah. Entertaining. That's there was probably one. three or four people there with him that you couldn't see. So he was probably talking to them. He was talking <laughs> yeah. nonstop. Oh, yeah. Nonstop. Yeah. 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 When, you're, when you're high on Skittles and Coca-Cola. Yeah. That <laughs> That'll it. happen. That's, that's it, everybody. That's, that's what happened to me. Skittles Never mind. Coca-Cola. Yeah, it was... <laughs> His favorite word. That's why I'm a Pepsi Compa- guy. I was compelled to do this. He was wearing that shirt, wasn't he? He was wearing a compelled shirt. <laughs> that, well, I wouldn't be surprised. Inside man. It was an inside job. Yeah. Y'all burn my church down. Uh, <laughs> I tell my people all the time, if you get arrested, if you find yourself on the news, I want you to make sure you shout out on national television. Patrick Conrad's my pastor. Please pray for me. <laughs> Call Patrick Conrad. He'll know what to do. <laughs> um, do you guys uh, worry about these changes? You know, because people don't like change. Have you had a lot of, you know, Feedback, negative feedback from a name, just a name change alone, because you're still the same church, you still have the same mission, the kingdom mission, things like that. Doug, you're eliminating one Sunday inside the building. You guys experiencing any negative feedback as far as that goes? Because it's you can you can offend anybody so easily nowadays, right? So anything and everything can be like, oh, you know what? They they changed their name. I don't want to go there now. I'm gonna go go down to Cornerstone now because they haven't changed their name yet. No, that's an excellent point, and I think for the most part, uh, there there it's been overwhelmingly positive because we we prepared. Uh, we hired a company out of St. Louis that really helped us to prepare a long time and get a big on ramp. But I think the big thing about these changes that we you make, and, and I'm glad you brought this up because you don't just make change to make change, nor do you make change ignorantly. You have to really enter into it with number one, a great conviction. That this is required, not just uh, a suggestion. This this has got to happen, and when you have that kind of conviction, uh, you also have with it the knowledge that not everybody's going to the river with you. You know, mm-hmm. some people are not going to go, and you got to be okay with that to the extent that you do not allow certain people or just the number of people who won't go to the river cause you to to you know. divert from your original plan. So I think knowing ultimately, now we had several reasons for why we're changing our name and, but there was still a lot of, I say ignorance out there, people who just didn't understand and did not have all the information to possibly process what I so easily saw as being needed to be changed. So I had to do a job of, of laying it out before leaders and then larger groups and then ultimately I did a video that sort of here's some other reason why we're changing 
there's so many more I couldn't even add to the list. Um, but, but at the end of the day, I said, all these reasons are good, and I hope they satisfied your curiosity. But bottom line, it's who we've always been. It's who we are. And this is why we're doing it. And so you have to, you have to at the end, just put your foot in the ground and say, this, this is where we're going. Um, but there is pushback all the time. I would say to anybody listening, if you're a pastor just, and you're wanting to make changes, just, just be willing, de- depending on the degree of that change, right. to lose whatever has to be lost, to uh, give, uh, give great, clear, and convicting, uh, personally convicting qualifications for why it is you believe this must be done, and then live with it You know, at the end of the day. Uh, but it, it change is a very unique thing in the church. I talk to pastors all the time and other leaders who are trying to make changes. It's, it's not easy, uh, but at the same time, there's nothing more rewarding than... than and, and there's nothing that really... The reason why it's hard is because it's our job. And it's one of the hardest things to do, but it's because it's our job right. uh, to help lead people. I mean, that's what transformation is. Salvation is a change. And so the, the, the fact that people don't like it just ties to the fact that we still, all of us, still have flesh in us that ties us and anchors us to something that we're not, but who we claim ourselves still to be and we still live in. So we, we're always making that change, you know? Yeah, I believe um, it's Andy Stanley that says em- embrace the message, but always be changing the method. Mm. Uh, you guys didn't change your message. Your message has always been to compel the mm. unconvinced. Yeah, and it's just a like you say. I, I see it as a this is obvious. This change needs yeah. to happen, it and most people do. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that's what they did. And so you spent how many years? Nineteen, did you say? Mm-hmm. Years investing in that change, and it's the same at Cross Point. I've spent 16 years in uh, training people that we're going to offend you. Uh, and we do a lot of that offending intentionally. It shakes the people who are supposed to be there, and it shakes off the people who shouldn't. And we're good with that. We are not people collectors at Cross Point Church. Matter of fact, our church flips quite often. When you talk about all these new people, I look out there and think about adding new services. I, I look out there at the new people, and I think I don't even recognize this group of people. So when we shut down on first Sundays, that man, didn't anyone think, what's that? They're used to, we don't know what is next. We know there's going to be a next, but they also have a trust. They, people who've been watching for 16 years know we're stably instable, <laughs> if that's a way to say it. We are, we are stable instability. <clears throat> and it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. So really, no, we didn't have any. And, you know, how would I know? I guess the ones... Uh, who would uh, be offended by that, you know, vote with their absence. And I don't know they're absent because the building's still full of other people. Uh, And if you don't know someone's missing, (laughs) they probably weren't contributing. And uh, we didn't have any loss in that area. We gained a lot. Matter of fact, we had people join the church when our church was closed. We were ripping out carpet. And uh, I don't know how these families knew we were ripping out carpet, but they came. And they've never visited the church. I'm not sure if they've even seen it online. But they came and ripped out carpet and scraped glue for us. And then they joined our church. And then they joined uh, the food giveaway and served every weekend at the food giveaway. Um, we're, We're attracting a different group of people now, and that's okay. It's the people we were compelled to go out and do 
the highways and convinced. I see what you did there. there I see is. what you did there. Well, I Compel. I like that. I'm he threw here. that in. I'm here. Compel Stone Point Church. Is that right? <laughs> Coming to the Lander Center near you. <laughs> well, for pastors, you know, obviously it's it's hard because you don't, you know, you the, the practically practical thinking is you don't want to outrun your, you know, your funding. I mean, you, you don't want to. That, but that is an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the because uh, you got families that are on the staff and whatever, depending on this, and that's their life and what all of those things. Right. Anyway, point being, right. you know, I learned a long time ago, actually, probably uh, before I was ever a lead pastor, that people are going to be leaving church. I mean, that's just that's just it. Absolutely. People are going to leave, um, and uh, you have to kind of make a choice. Uh, who are you going to lose? Do you want to lose? Do you want to lose the people that don't want to do anything for God, or do you want to lose the people that do want to do something for God? That's tough. But it's and hard. so if you're making your decisions based on not losing the folks that really want to do something for God, that will push you forward. Yeah, that's and uh, that's kind of what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, you can satisfy the, the group and try not to lose, you know, the folks that really don't want to necessarily move forward, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, then you're going to lose the ones that do. Yeah, they really want to do something for God. Yeah, and so uh, we got to we got to we just have to decide who we're willing to lose. <laughs> yeah, you're not just leading a church; <laughs> you're, you're leading an organization. <laughs> you've got staff to think about. You've got mm-hmm. buildings closed. You've got job descriptions that can't be fi- fulfilled, mm-hmm. but you're still paying them. Uh, I this, I just learned this from you guys and Patrick and and the the COVID crisis situation that you can close your church because I had always wanted to. Uh, even give my teams the weekend off after a big holiday, after a big event, after something. I I desired to give them that week off, but I would look at the organization side and think, do you know how much money that we would potentially lose? Now, before online, we probably would have lost it, but now with online giving, our people are so committed to giving God, bringing God His first, and giving their offerings. Ours actually increased. During the COVID, we were closed at 1.65% of 2020 at Crosspoint. Uh, and I thought, you know, what are we going to do? But our our giving increased. I'm not sure how. I don't know why. And I feel a little bit sorry to say that because I know that's not everybody's experience that may be watching this. But maybe there's some bold moves and some people you need to shake up. And then that might be the, might be the experience. Might not. I don't know how that works out. But um, our experience has been growth financially and numerically, and uh, and now I can give people time off. But I'll tell you this, man, the, close being church, the church being closed was more work than the church being open for sure. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, Woo. my goodness, it was a lot. Yep. One thing I'd, I've come across um, talking to pastors across the country, different places, um, churches that are struggling financially, now, this is a broad stroke, so this is, right. I mean, you know, broad stroke. Churches that are struggling financially through this, um, I've realized, are not very servant-focused. They're not very outreach-focused. Wow. They're very more old-school, if you will, You know, taking care of our, our flock and no more. Um, all of those guys that I talk to, they're struggling. Mm. But then guys that have churches that are servant-focused, hey, we're, we're here for our community, not just us, people are attracted to that. Wow. And it's just like this snowball effect where they're giving because you're giving. As a church, um, what an observation! And so I think that's because there's a lot of churches closing through this whole COVID thing. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of churches that are struggling, 
and um, pastors quitting, serving. Retiring. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. serving is huge, which Jesus kind of said it was, kind of somewhere in the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> so L- you bring him into the conversation. I know. You got Gosh. a candle. <laughs> <laughs> got got the Jesus candle. Here. Yes. Um, well, you know, when you go when you go to uh, go to the baseline of it all, you know, ask yourself as a church, why are you even open? And I asked a group of pastors this one time and it drove them crazy. I was at a conference. I said, why do you open your doors on the weekend? Well, because it's church. But why do you have to have church? And why why do you expect people to come to your church? Yeah. Dude, that's a great question. And then why do you expect them to come back? <laughs> What'd you do this week that, that would cause them to want to come back? And then why would you expect them to give money to your church? And then to meet midweek at your church. Have you thought about why? Because we just in the South don't think about why. We open our doors. People are supposed to come. They've always been taught to come. It's trained to come. Now, this has been a reset, COVID. And I think you, if you're not asking the question why, then you're begging to die. Wiggle whip. Whoa. Um, you know, That's as a church. Shirt. Yeah. He's a you know poet and he don't know it. I did know it. <coughs> that is so compounded. The thing is, I, I think that's a big, big thing. And I mean Simon Sinek's book. Oof. I, I mean that, he kills me. That's that's perfect. That's deep stuff. The infinite thinking. Well, that one and start, uh, with why. start with why. Start with why. Start with why. And then the infinite game is a really good book as well because it talks about doing things for the long run, mm-hmm. right. the long game. And I think that's another great which I thought is where you were going because asking that question, mm-hmm. you know, uh, why are you why? open? Why? That's church. If you have, if you're opening your doors for a short term reason, you got the wrong reason. I right. mean, this is this is the long game. And, this co- is, and COVID mm. revealed. That's what mm. I'm saying is that we got away with it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And even for us, going back to uh, some points that you guys made about, we got used to doing the weekend service mm. so well that we could cover the why with a really outstanding what. But the problem is if you start with what and not why, then you you end up, as Simon Sinek says, there's only two ways that you can actually change human behavior, manipulation and inspiration. And when you start with what, then you you end up having to manipulate people to come back. Mm. So so give give you an example of Kroger, they give you uh, they give you a little key tag to come back, a key fob, and you get cheap gas. That's a good method, but we would call it in marketing manipulation. That's a manipulation tactic right. because they don't focus on why you come to the grocery store. They focus on what they have there and what you need. Mm-hmm. Now, you go to Publix, which my wife would pass by 15 Kroger's to get to a Publix. And you have to because we don't <laughs> and, have them. Right. Right, she'll go down to Orange Beach. Right. Okay. Right. So the thing but is, the ice cream melts like before she gets home. Right. right. She doesn't get ice cream. No meats. All right. So, but the thing is, she'll do that not because of the what, but because they understand why they open the door. Their aisles are wide. Their their space is beautiful. Their everything's stocked in a certain way. They carry foods nobody else does. They 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 know why they open their doors. So because of that. You know, that's, that drives everything. And I think the same thing is for churches. We, we've got to get back to why, because if not, we will just sort of end up focusing on what, 
which is we're going to manipulate people to come. If your first conversation on Sunday is, where were the Andersons? Does anybody <laughs> know where they were? They haven't been here in 12 weeks. Right. And that's how you start staff meetings or – you know, why, why is our attendance down in the nursery? Why, why is our giving down? Right. Does anybody know why our giving's down? You know, if that's how you start, that tells me you're starting with what? Yep. Mm, right? Because sure. you're going to try to then, well, let's call them. Let's send out some emails. Well, let's do this. Let's do. You're, you're focusing on what? Mm-hmm. You're not focusing on why. And you're going to begin manipulating. And you're going to forget that you are called to inspire. Yeah. Does the online experience help with keeping people at home do y'all feel like that's happening right now is it just what so much easier just helps keep them flip on the tv and just uh, not attend too convenient too convenient is it is it like ah, why do i need to come why don't you drive five you, miles down the road yeah and i know you, you know. guys have probably heard from people who came back for the first time it's like oh this is so much better yeah, I i'm it. so right. glad i'm back blah, blah, blah. Right. so i think yes there was a time in this where that was a huge issue and, uh, and I think we had a podcast during one of that yeah. time because I remember saying something I regret. <laughs> but uh, but I don't know that it's that's... available on the archives yeah. right now, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, I don't know post if that is actually as big of an issue as it was, people coming out of this now. I'm sure it is. But like I said, some of those people were just looking... This was a great time for people to find the appropriate excuse they need to stop coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it didn't so take much. Yeah, yeah, they didn't need much for excuse. It's not. It's not the same. It's not, and it shouldn't be the same. And that's where I was going with that. Um, I, I don't. I think. I think we're. I think we are. I, I don't want to bastardize online services. I'm sorry. What? I, that's bastard. If you want to spell that, that it, it's B A S T A R D I Z. My Indian name is Tinder. I don't want to. I don't <laughs> so want to. I don't want to offend tind- Tinder ears because I'm chief running mouth. But listen, yeah, we we better use know who to point that at. You know, you need the weapon. You need you need that in your arsenal, but you need to know who to point it at. Um. And, and, and I don't think, you know, most people don't do online church well anyway, uh, so it's probably not a good substitute for anything. It's, not, it's, it's too long. It's too everything. But anyways, we shouldn't be trying to make the church online service just like the in-house service. We need to uh, gravitate towards that being a different uh, tool that reaches a different group of people. And, and it's fine for the people who are missing that weekend, who are out on vacation, who are this and that. And it's fine even for the people. you got to think about, I have people around the country that are in cities that don't have churches like Cornerstone or Compel or South Point. They don't, they literally, or they're not looking. But a lot of places don't have them. I mean, we are blessed around here to be able to leave 10 churches and go to another church that's pretty close to the same. They don't. So you got to think about those different groups of people and give them different experiences. Shorter, not as long, just different. And then try to drive them, compel them, if you will, into a church like South Point or Cornerstone that uh, will use their gifts. They, you cannot be the church at home alone. And, and, but, you know, that's no different than the people sitting in the auditorium. We talk about how long are they listening. 25% of the numbers is they were there for five minutes. Well, somebody can sit there for 35 minutes and listen to you for two mm-hmm. I mean, they got their phone out, they're on Facebook, they're drifting away, they didn't hear what you said, and you know this because what they write on Facebook, they say, here's what happened, and you're like, that's not what was even talked about today. 
and, and you know, you can say, well, God showed them something different, but no, probably they were listening to podcasts while you were up there. Either way, we don't know who's listening. We don't know when they're listening. We don't know what they're doing. We've got to give them an option and then just leave it up to God. Uh, short, awesome, mm, online experiences. But make it so that they want to come in. Yeah. Right. I want them to come in. I want them to serve. Yeah. Uh, do you guys feel like you're just prepared for anything at this point with all everything we've already talked about, everything that's happened this past year? Or do you feel like like what like I'm not so it, foolish to even just, answer this question. Just, <laughs> <laughs> this may be one of those answers yeah, or that we, you know does what? not age it well. It might you be one of those things. Well, I pass. Be one of those questions that you think you can. Yeah, man, I'm ready for everything. And then you walk in and your building has four inches of water. <laughs> you're like, oh, I didn't see <laughs> that coming. Oh, and burning your shirts. You know, it's just like I didn't see that coming. I've been saying that a lot. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. So, yeah, I no, I'm not prepared for anything. But it, it, it <laughs> helps. I'm not. I'm not prepared for anything. <laughs> but honestly, going through crisis and tragedy, I've one of the things I've really learned through this is it's God's church. I know this is going to sound super spiritual. Come on, that's but good, though. That's it's good. God's church. Yeah. And so if it catches on fire or it floods or it works or it doesn't work or it's open or it's closed... He still said, "My church will prevail, and the gates of yep. hell will not prevail against it." That's right. The church ain't go; it ain't going anywhere. Right, no. I'm just a servant that gets to be a part of it for a little while. Of, I mean, a sliver in the time frame of humanity. That's and so, good. it's just like I think sometimes as pastors, we can think really highly of ourselves. Like, look what I did, or look at this church. It's just kind of like, man, I'm here by the grace of God. He just lets me do this, and I'm glad that it's currently working. Is it going to work all the time? I don't know. I just, I don't I don't know. I don't know. But um I'm not pre- I'm I'm not prepared for anything. But he's prepared for everything. Yeah. My I, favorite I, life verse is let me say this then yeah. you, Proverbs 21 the last verse in the is message. Across your chest? It is. Yeah. Let's see it. <laughs> we're on video. Oh, we're on video. I was getting ready to It says, "Do your best, prepare for the worst and trust God to bring the victory." Oh, yeah. And so we work hard. Mm-hmm. We try to prepare for you know for yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. but it comes down to it's still God. Yeah, it's just God. True. Yeah. So when you pull your shirt, do you, is it upside down so you can read it, <laughs> or do you have it memorized? <laughs> or I have it on the inside of my arm too as a cheat yeah, sheet. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. What? You were going to say oh, something. I, I was, but I think it, I think it was gone. I was just going to say I think you lost it. I I think your answer was exactly right, but I would say just the opposite. Because of your answer, I'm prepared for anything. Uh, but at the I don't know what that means. Like I'm prepared to go underground and work at FedEx. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's not our because it's God's church. Yeah. This is not a, a personality centered thing. It's not a. Uh, a leadership, you know, thing. This is this is God's church, and every day you navigate it, you realize what you don't know, and uh, and so because of that, I am prepared for everything. So I, your answer is exactly right, but I'd say yeah. the opposite. Right. Well, I think but, it's you're, we're prepared. We are prepared. I mean, yeah. we're not idiots in this room, or any right. you know, pastors are not idiots by far, but I think we're shocked less when stuff yeah. happens. It's just kind of like. Eh, I didn't yeah, see it coming, but I'm not. It it's, doesn't it's surprise true. me. I'm the eternal optimist generally, uh, which is kind of weird when you look at the experiences we've had in life. But uh, but I tend to, of course, that may be part of the part of the reason that yeah. that we survive. Sure. But uh, you know, I just you know, when you look at it, what's happened? Uh, I think there has been a shaking. 
I think there has been a pruning. Uh, but when you see God doing something like that or taking advantage of something that happens to do that, uh, I, I just I feel like for the last few weeks at Cornerstone, we've just we really have stepped into a new season. Uh, it's it literally is just like it, it just feels different. It's just like you know uh, the you know it, it's just like wow. Uh, you know, t- just uh, God's presence and just people's attitudes are seem to be shifting. You know, towards, hey man, let's let's do this. You know, it's it's the, the complaining is, you know, is kind of dying down and all those kind of things. But but I just really believe. I mean, you know, you, you look at Acts chapter eight when when you know when the church was dispersed out because of persecution. I'm sure that they all thought that was the worst thing in the world that ever happened because they were in the middle of it and that's all they could see. But when you zoom back out, that was God's plan to exponentially grow the church through the entire region. And so I just, you know, I just wonder if uh, a lot of this has been prep for a new level no uh, of yeah. effectiveness in the body of Christ. And, uh, and so, you know, it's... Well, it's, if you could choose your own congregation, right, they probably look really close to the one we have now. <laughs> you think about it because I mean a, a lot of the you said the complaints died down yeah because they're not coming anymore you know what I mean because yeah, <laughs> a lot of those people aren't coming anymore so uh, and Jesus chose his 12 so I mean you know it's, it's a pretty good deal it worked out for him so uh, that may be what we're experiencing some is that these are, if you will, all stars. You know, <laughs> these yeah. are the people who are like, "I'm coming no matter what, man. You can spray me down. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm coming. You're not going to keep me from God's house." And so there's an energy and excitement. There's anticipation. There's uh, expectation. There's a collaboration. They're ready to work with you, not just watch you work. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's different. You know. Yeah. I didn't mean it just like kind of back to church, the Gideon but. principle. I mean, you know, sometimes <laughs> you know, sometimes. I think sometimes God whittles it down a little bit just to make us remember that He's the one that's driving Absolutely. this, driving this thing, you know. And uh, you know, Gideon thought he needed a bunch, and God said, "Now nah, you can do it with 300." Yeah. <laughs> so, I kept whittling it, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, he didn't think he had enough to begin with. Yeah. When you, I mean, you ask the question towards pastors, but I'm going to sort of answer it towards a, a parent having three boys, two teen, teenagers and a five-year-old. That prepares me for anything. <laughs> And <laughs> I Boy, expect, you know, everything. I expect anything to happen at any time. But what I'm seeing with my boys every once in a while is this glimmer of hope that they like each other. And that's what I'm seeing in this room. I can, and, and, and around, I can see the father looking down and saying, oh man, my boys are getting along. The thing that hurts me, I mean bad, that hurts me bad is watching my boys not love each other. Mm. When they... And, and they don't. There's a lot of times they don't, and they express it pretty strongly. But when I get glimpses of them working together towards a common anything, even if it's bad, I'm like, <laughs> man, y'all did that together. I'm proud of you. Even when it isn't right, even when it wouldn't be the way I would have done it, I'm like, thank God they work together. Because you can put the three of them on one project, and, man, they go three different directions with it. But the minute anything is cohesive and they're together and they decided and they're loving each other, oh, I just sit back and just, oh, I'm so proud. Yeah. So I think that's what God's doing. Gratifies the Father's heart. It does yeah. gratify you the Father's heart. You always hate it when your kids fight. this. <laughs> You're like, I love you, I love you. How come y'all can't love each other? Right? <laughs> Get along. Well, oh, that's all I got. Thank you, guys. 
so much for joining us. Thank you all listening or watching these clips online. Hey, don't forget we are available on all social media, Instagram and Facebook. Not all social media, but Instagram, Facebook, Church United underscore DeSoto, Instagram, Church United on Facebook. But we are not done just yet. We're not done just yet. I got a fun, couple fun questions for you guys mm. before, we, before we get out of here. Oh, no. So if right. you were a professional wrestler, what would your interest theme song be? My entrance song, um, <laughs> Back in Black by ACDC. Uh, oh, there it is. Uh, is it uh, Patrick, are you? CeeLo that sings Maybe I'm Crazy? I'm trying to think. <laughs> is CeeLo Green that sings Crazy? Yeah. Maybe I'm crazy. I want yeah. people to think I'm crazy whether I am or not, you know? <laughs> I want them to think he'll do anything. Yeah. Dude, that's a good one. Um, I know what yours would be. What? Shaka Khan. <laughs> Shaka. 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 Yeah. Shaka. We can do it. I could bust out with that. Gosh. Uh, it'd probably be um, Ray Bolt's Watch the Lamb. <laughs> I think they, they would think I'm crazy. <laughs> Watch the Lamb. Wow. Huh? How about that? You, you reached down deep for that the one. The man well. be by the slam. I to it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Quit embarrassing your family, Patrick. <laughs> I listen. I think it's on repeat in our house all the time. <laughs> daddy, daddy. Oh, no. Oh. What will we see? <laughs> oh. Oh, the Church United does not endorse Ray Bolts. <laughs> hey, by the way, yeah. what will we see? Um, do you I mean, have you one, Greg? Would, I mean, Which videos Please give you us have your one? song, Greg. I mean, I gave you one, but I, that, yeah. you don't have to accept I that. I can think of one, so I'll go with that. One with the devil. <laughs> let me rock it, let me rock it, Shaka Khan. <laughs> Highway to hell. Uh, what was your first car, and did you name it? Yes. You have to, like, say it. Right? You have to elaborate. Uh, it, was, it was Pat's. <laughs> yes. <He's> yeah. just, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, I did. It was Pat's party wagon, and it was a... That's true. True story. You're talking about you. 1976 Toyota Corolla station wagon, banana yellow with three of five gears operable. Wow. Did you steal that? Bucket seats. My mom had it, but it turned quickly into Pat's party wagon. Wow. That's an impressive vehicle. I don't even want to answer. Well, I got yeah. pictures. Mine was a 1982 Chevette. You guys remember the Chevette? Wow, yes. Top speed, 55 miles an hour. I mean, seriously. But that was honestly the fastest it would go. Mine would go faster than that, but I would be in third gear. Winding up those RPMs. Did you did you name this car? No, I had I hated that car. Yeah, you don't want to name it. No, my dad. We went to the car lot, and my dad, we looked at cars, and I picked out a 1972 Mustang. And I was like, that's what I want. Legit. And he was like, okay, I'll you know try to make a deal or whatever. In the 70s. So I go to school the next day, and my dad was going to go to the car lot and get this Mustang. And so I show up from school excited, and there in the driveway, there wasn't no Mustang. It was a Chevette. He's like, I got a better deal on that. Oh, wow. Like, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you did. <laughs> he gave it to you. Of the Mustang? The Chevette. Oh, the Chevette was, I called it Loser Blue. That loser. Chevy blue <laughs> color. <laughs> yeah. Fades to different colors. Now, that was really not a bad color when it started. Yeah. But then it did fade. Are you Especially around the gas tanks. 1970 Le Mans Sport. 
You bro, did not. That was it wasn't first? that one. It wasn't that exact yeah, yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a nice exactly one. That's what it looks classic. like. That is exactly what it looked well, like. Wow. car snob anyway. Except I wouldn't I had, expect Except I had less. Keystone Classic rims on it instead of those, uh, wow. you know, generic uh, yeah. Pontiac rims. You win the, you win the car award. <laughs> you did, yeah. man. I had a truck, so I can't even vote here, but I had a 1987 Toyota 4x4, big massive tires, kicking sound system, no air conditioner. Redneck. Called it the butcher. I <laughs> actually... Slayed a cow with it, uh, oh, destroyed a cow entirely, uh, wow. killed it, slammed must, must dead. Been a tough truck on a yeah. bridge Ninja. in a wreck, and uh, and you still had the truck after that. Mm, wow. <laughs> you want to uh, burn a uncle, candle? You my light uncle light? fixed it, and it's the greatest vehicle I've ever had still to this day. Wow, the butcher, the butcher. The butcher. That's a good name. That is. Yes. Uh, what is your enneagram number? <laughs> oh no. Are what? I'm a three. Any? Are you into the Enneagram oh, scale? So many tests. Are you speaking English right now? I think I'm an eight. Is that <laughs> a challenger? <laughs> eight a challenger? Yeah, I'm an eight. You're I'm an eight. eight. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I have no idea. Would be? Uh, three. That's the same number I was thinking. No yeah. idea. Well, that's a uh, slightly feminine. Um, what else? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, look at the <laughs> you gun show. pull that out. Listen, My you man, don't wear that shirt that without those guns. It, it even holds yeah. it up. Look at that clip. Look at that. It raises the curtain on the thing. It's okay. It's got I, speaking show. of, I, I think when we get to heaven, there's going to be a question that Jesus is going to ask, and he's going to be say, who in the world thinks I look like that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I ain't no sissy, man. Ray Bowles, probably. Ray Bowles. <laughs> Ray Bolt says that's exactly. The right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh this blood's for you. I don't know if y'all can see out there. Those who have watched our podcast clips will know I have a Jesus candle. That's a running joke from our fantasy football league here at South Point Church. And uh, don't pick it up because I'm a Mexican. Up. Somebody gave me a Catholic candle, so that's funny. So I just keep it around anyway. I'm glad you said it because when I turned it upside down a while ago and you said, "Hey, what are you doing?" I thought I had offended you. Yeah, you did. Now, if it was a Virgin Mary, then we'd be talking for sure. No. No, I've never been That's Catholic. so funny. Uh, no, I've never been Catholic. No, you had to I mean, say that just for the record. You know, I've had, I've had to answer that question so many times over my life. You're like, well, you were, used to be Catholic, right? I'm like, why? Because I'm Mexican? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> you're up in Assembly of God Church. Well, yeah, That's so funny. Catholic yeah. or Assembly God. That's right, yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't think, we don't think he looks like that. <laughs> no. Uh, what are you currently reading? Wow. Oh. I'm reading. I just started a book called After Doubt um, by Swoboda. Yeah, that's his last name. Um, it's a pretty good book. It talks about um, the deconstruction of pe- that people are doing right now with their faith and the proper way to walk through that. And that there's nothing wrong with asking questions about your faith. Asking questions about your faith actually shows you have faith. Right. Um, but there's a good way to do that, not. Not just dumping it all in the dumpster, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, right. So anyway, that's what I'm right. currently yeah, reading. Faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. So, Amen. Uh, but you actually come out stronger on the other side if you do it, you know, do it right. Um, Craig Grishel's got uh, one. It's, it's been out for a little bit, but the War of the Mind, and I've been looking at that, reading it, and then stopping, reading, stopping. But um, but it's it's pretty good. Is it good? Yeah, I haven't picked it up yet. I was yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, good. Uh, it's it's very practical, very practical. So uh, he has little things at the end he wants you to do, and 
take uh, thought inventory, really good stuff in there. But uh, I'm in between that and a couple other books. I'm about to go on a little sabbatical, so I'm going to be nice. consuming several. Are you a multiple book reader at the same time? Do you I am. So it's hard for me. I'm ADD. How many do you keep H. going at a time? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it just oh, it depends have- on the season. I mean, some seasons when I feel like I got more time. Uh, but I'll dive into a book for researching for a message, and next thing you know, I'm like, I'm I'm not just looking for research. I'm like, this book yeah, is is owning me, you know. Uh, but and then I'll have one over here I'm I'm looking at. But I'm not really good at going cover to cover. I'm not uh, I, I I'm not really good at that. It takes read. a really good book for me to go cover to cover. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'll keep five guy. going at a time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You. I'm with you. I'm an audible guy, too. I'm four at a time for sure. I do finish them because I play them in my car. I play them when I'm walking. I play them That's not the same. in my ears. Well, I can't read and comprehend like I can hear and comprehend. So I, I read this, I listened to this book, 25 Hours Worth of Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. And it, it intrigued me so much that I got another one of his books. And he does The Presidents as well. But this one's called The Innovators. And he talks about how uh, invention comes about, how new things happen. And those principles are just they're cool. They're not spiritual, but they are. Yeah. Just start one from uh, Sam, Sam Chan, Leadership Pain. Oh, my I gosh. I like Sam. That is one of the best so, books. Good to know. I try to read that about once a year. It Give me that title again. Leadership, Leadership pain. pain. And if you have not read this, you're watching or listening, go do yourself a favor, especially if you're a leader. Pick that book up and read it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Very, very foundational. It kept me in the ministry. Yep. It wow. really did. Yep. You've never read it? I haven't. And I like Sam. Oh, dude. it's. Have you read it? Uh, no. I, I know the principles of it, um, but I haven't read his book. It's It's... I don't really, have really any good. of his books. I don't know why. I just uh, what are you currently listening to? Do you have any any music you like to chill with, or anything current right now that's just catching you? Saint Paul and the Broken Bones. All right. It's like a jazz. Do you know them? <laughs> They're early. Uh, no. Or did they open up for Ray Bolts back in <laughs> 1984 oh, concert on the Patrick's on the square? A good Christian boy that went to the concert. Yeah, my my forte is not K Love and Christian. I music, can't do so it. I'm an '80s rock guy. <laughs> I like '80s rock. Yeah. I keep Sweet Child of Mine on repeat. Sweet Child. Uh, Hear you. Yeah. Patrick, did you know Carmen passed away? Yeah. No. Yeah. I was, <laughs> you know, I was going to bring that up, but I refrained. <laughs> did he really? He uh, did. He did. Dead. Don't tell That's me. Kind of, kind of interesting because I've been I've been on a kick lately last uh, last uh, couple of months where I go back and just think of songs that I used to really just uh, you know that really you know made an impact on me or whatever in the in the 80s or something like that or whatever and I'll find them on YouTube and uh, mm-hmm. and and play them from my phone or from my phone in the car and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, just uh, just some ninety nine Cecilof balloons like Mylon Lefevre. Oh, uh, Christian, Mylon oh, you're Lefevre. talking about the real, the good Woo! stuff. Mylon Lefevre again and bands. again. You know that song and Petra, stuff like that. And, and, in your uh, repertoire. Uh, just uh, the song "I'll Stand." I think it was Cindy Morgan uh, back in the nineties. That was in the nineties. Uh, That's what you were singing when we came like in, wasn't it? Are so, you rocking Sandy Patty? Nah, no, not you're really. not pulling up Sandy Only Patty. Only Lionel Harris is with them. You don't know Sandy Patty? Oh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> thought you were a Christian. They saw Jesus a lot. That's right. Russ Taff, man. I've been jamming Russ Taff. <laughs> Russ Taff. I remember <laughs> him. Metals and, yes. uh, and I Believe, those two those two CDs. 
Yeah, the old stuff. Yeah, that's fun. Um, what advice would you give your 16-year-old self? Run. <laughs> Run. Um. Don't call her back. Yeah. <laughs> that messed up She's years. Not She's not worth it. Don't call her back. Save yourself. Sixteen-year-old. Uh, that's, that's good advice. I, I'm going to steal that because that would work. Man. Don't call her back. <laughs> Man. Yep. Uh, sixteen-year-old. I don't even remember what I was doing. Put that down. Maybe. That. <laughs> 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 that down. Don't inhale. Don't inhale. We just put it down. That would have been my fifteen-year-old self. I was. Yeah. I was saved after that. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of kind of interesting. What, what, what advice would you give your sixteen-year-old self? I guess uh, don't give up uh, would probably be the biggest one. Don't give up. Some stuff's gonna happen. You ain't gonna like, <laughs> but don't give up. But don't give up. All right, here's I save this one for last, uh, and this kind of goes around that book that you always talk about. What help could you most use that you haven't asked for? You a book. I do. There's a book called Oh, the title is just this random the, the boy horse, do you know the the boy, the, I don't the, boy know. the horse the something. The goat? <laughs> There's not I a goat it. in it. There is a anyway, it's fox. it's the fox. the fox. It looks like a kid's book and I mean the way it's printed and everything, <laughs> there's pictures in it. Um you could read the whole thing in like five minutes. But it's full of these powerful statements that are just like my favorite statement in the book is the one animal asked the other one, what's the bravest thing you've ever said? And his answer was help. And that's just a powerful thing because we don't ask for help. I mean, it's such a Mm. anti-American thing to ask for help. Um, Unless it's from the government and then we want help. Yeah, Mm. whatever. Sorry, that's another podcast. What help could you most use that you haven't asked for? Because we tend to get our own ways, right? We like, um, I need help, but I'm not going to ask for it. I don't have an answer for that That's one. All right. I just recently asked for help, and I should have asked for help a long time ago. So, there, there's that. You waited too, waited too long to ask. Well, these boys jumped me at our last luncheon about working too much, as far as on the clock. See, I was going to ask you about that. Not I, on the I podcast. I did something about it. What did you do? I asked, I asked uh, some of my friends who are capable of doing the morning show that I do to come host it some. And it gave them an opportunity. They're very excited about it. It gave the listeners and the viewers another perspective, another person, some change. And it gave me a much-needed rest that I didn't know I needed. Good. I didn't know I needed the help, and that's why I didn't ask. But there comes a point when you know it, and you either get it or you die. Or you die. He just I went mean, home. Or, or you die. <laughs> yeah, glad you got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was on the verge. It's good to be here. Anybody else? If you don't have an answer, it's okay. That's well, I probably my wife would say I needed some help. I the other day I I built a little. I'm not like I couldn't build this. This looks now that I see this, I could probably build this table <laughs> with some help. But <laughs> I'm just help. so uh, I am so inv- invalid. Uh, what do you call it? I I, I cannot true. build. 
anything. So I built this little shelf. You're inept at building. Inept. 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 There you go. Yeah. yeah. So I built this little shelf. To put our. All right, we just moved into a house, and underneath the stairs, there's a closet, and I need to put a sound receiver for our surround sound and everything. And the guy told me, he said, I need a shelf here. You need to put, you know, your internet stuff here and all this kind of stuff. I was like, all right, I can build that myself because I had all this scrap wood. And so I get out there. Oh, my gosh. I wish I had a camera on me. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm right at the point of saying something like Mephibosheth, yes. but I don't. <laughs> but but I get through it and I look at it. I'm like, I was so proud of it. I put it in there. The next morning I go to bed, I get up the next morning and I look at it. I'm like, Oh my God, that is so bad! And I could have used your help. Aren't you a carpenter? Yeah, yes. yeah. You got Jesus hair. I knew you. Yeah, I knew you did. You could have called. I should have. I should have. Well, I offered you help the other day too, and you refused. And I went home, and I'm still a little bit hurt about it. Help for? Well, I mean, we're at Jason's Deli. You got to go home and hang some pictures, and I knew they were going to be crooked. Yeah, Teresa no, no, I'm pretty good at that. Right? No, I'm pretty good at that. I did that right. Oh, so, uh, well, there's that. $10 million grant. You can use help with that. <laughs> grant, grant, sometimes you have to pay grants back. I would just go ahead and go all out and say. That's funny. $100 million and yeah, no payback. Uh, what are you guys currently loving? My wife. 80 degree weather. Right now. Oh, man. Weather's been really nice. Like yes, 80 degree I don't like awesome. 80 degree weather. I like 60 yeah. degree weather. My backyard and my three chickens. Ooh. Three chickens. I got three chickens. Did you name them? Well, the boys named them, so I'm not going to say. <laughs> Mostly because I can't remember. But <laughs> I like to sit and watch them. They, they bring me great peace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Well, if that's it, thank you all so much for joining us. We will be back hopefully soon with another great episode. Our website, www.thechurchunited.tv. Rate and review this podcast. Share it with all your friends, and we will see you later. Bye. See ya. This has been a GOAT presentation.